turn into a little Seems to always be sitting there at the top. <laughs> I know. <laughs> would you would you believe me if I said that in the back of my head I was like, oh, maybe I should take a step back from the you know maybe it's being overused. Um, and then <laughs> and then this week is like a really heavy one. Um, shit. Um, you know what? We, 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 we ended with the book talk last time uh-huh. and not, and not book, you're not the book talk that, you know, cause I know your whole deal. Um, but, uh, wait, what's that? The, the book TOC. I, that oh, bullshit. okay. I thought you said yeah. like talk, like T-A-L. I did. I did. Okay. Oh, but not the other book talk that you're probably familiar with. A little bit. Point. Every now and yeah, then yeah. I, I get some, uh, some good recommendations. Sure. So, uh, but you have something in here for audiobooks, and so maybe we should just. Um, I'm curious about what that's about. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a little bit weird, but like I've, I've, you've probably known. I've talked about trying to get into audiobooks uh, now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Because you um, listen to podcasts, just not this one. Just not this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like for whatever reason, I just like I just it never really worked for me. I don't know mm-hmm. my uh, just the way I sort of I don't know comprehend things. Just like the it, it's more difficult. I'd rather just you know read the words right yeah um but i this past like week or so i've been i've been listening to an audiobook uh, quite a lot mm. and i'm enjoying it um and i think it might be a uh, a result of uh something being wrong with me <laughs> oh okay yeah no so i i've i read every day um and i've been reading every day for like years now like that's just like a constant for me mm-hmm. but recently like the past i don't know month two months I've had like some uh, some trouble, like attention issues um, where after like a short period of, of reading and this is like this isn't this is not like listening to audiobooks. This is just like reading, reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I will sort of like lose the ability to, uh, I don't know, comprehend what I'm reading like temporarily. Like it's it's very strange. Like so I'll be reading normally. And then all of a sudden, I, I guess the best way to sort of describe it is like it's almost like I I'm reading and I'm it's almost like there's a screen door that comes down, um, not visually, not like it's not affecting my eyes or anything, but like a screen door that's like a barrier to comprehension. Yeah, where is I'm it, like 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 your eyes kind of unfocus. Yeah, like I can obviously still read the text, but there's yeah. like a barrier to actually like comprehending what I'm reading somewhat. Like I can, it, so I have I'm for I'm faced with like two options when that happens, right? I can mm-hmm. either power through it, you know, and just like ki- try and keep reading maybe a little bit slower. Um, it's just not fun. Or mm-hmm. I'll set the book down and do something else and wait for that to pass. Um, mm. And th- this this like phenomenon seems like it's happening more and more frequently. Um, and I don't really know what's causing it. But so I, I decided, you know, let me let me mix things up and I'll try out an audiobook. And uh, I have no issues there. I've been I've been really enjoying that as as like a medium and like an alternative. Mm. Let me ask you this: Is it is it a case where um, like you're almost reading? on autopilot but not like absorbing what you're reading like your eyes just kind of keep going along with the text no it's 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 more like a uh like a sensation that goes along with it it's like i i can feel it coming 
this this sort of like uh, this like barrier, this like glass door that you can like kind of see through, but it sort of obscures things. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Um, but no, I, I'm I'm very much a uh, like a conscious reader. Like I'm never mm-hmm. like if I ever find my attention drifting, I will very quickly like correct that and like maybe jump back to the start of the paragraph or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's something that's that's quite distinct from this issue I'm having. I see. Yeah, I don't mm. know. It's 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 strange. Like I feel like this goes hand in hand with my inability to really maintain any like uh, investment in like TV series lately. Uh, just like a very short attention span mm. overall. Um, mm-hmm. But reading has always been that one thing where it's like, oh yeah, I can I can do this whenever. Right. You know, you have to be in the mood sometimes to watch like a series or do any number of things. But for me, it's like reading is oh yeah, I'm up for that. Right. Sure. Um, and I still am. Like I get into it, and then this happens after like I don't know. 10, 15 minutes. Um, like not every time, but frequently enough where it's it's a real it's a real disruption disruption. Um so I don't know. I don't mm. know. Um I I hate to say it, but uh-huh. I feel like uh the TikTok might be to blame. Uh-huh. I felt like you would uh look in that direction. Yeah. For I your mean, sh- shortening attention span. Yeah, there's something to that. I don't use TikTok TikTok nearly enough to to like point it out as the the main culprit. Mm-hmm. It could definitely be like a contributor. Um, yeah. I think if anything, it's these damn uh repetitive uh sports video games that I play. Oh, okay. For quite a long time. <laughs> like I, you know, in, in one sitting I'll I'll be on that for I'll be like hyper focused on on that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if anything, that might be negatively affecting my uh, <laughs> mm. my ability here. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Um, but yeah, like audiobooks are great. I've always loved the the concept of them. Yeah, and uh, I've now found a scenario where I'm actually enjoying them, which is which is nice because I can go out on a walk and be listening to an audiobook, and it's wonderful. Right. Yeah, for a lot of people, that's the only way they can, you know, consume books. Yes, yeah. They just can't sit down and read, but they can, you know, while they're doing chores or, you know, commuting or whatever it is, that's how they can still, you know, enjoy them. Mm -hmm. Um, My my reading habits are strange. I guess actually my habits in general are strange where I guess I have to be doing multiple things at once or like have multiple stimuli going on at once. And I don't know if that's a symptom of something. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to label it. I don't know what it is. Sure. Um, because like, like I will have to have something on the TV what, and I I can read at the same time or like I can have, I'll, I'll have to have music on at the same time and read. Um, and like, I'm not, I'll, but like the book is the main focus and that's what I'll be focusing on, but I still have to have something else for whatever reason. Um, and I'm weird about that too. Like where if I'm playing a game, a lot of the times I will need a podcast or I will need another stream going on at the same time or I will need mm-hmm. music going on at the same time. Um, unless it's like um, a, a, a story heavy game that I haven't experienced before, then sure. you know, then it's just the full game. But, um, you know, like we'll get to it. But like I'm, I'm I picked up near again. Right. And so uh, I'm on another playthrough. And so it's some stuff that I've already experienced. And so like, yeah, I've got something on the TV while I'm doing that. Um so yeah. I, I I don't know what that's about. 
but yeah no i feel like a lot of people are like that i'm the exact opposite i'm very much like wanting to focus on one thing Mm -hmm. the exception to that is if i'm playing one of those like repetitive video games and i have like a podcast or music going on but even then i often get frustrated because my focus drifts more intently on the game and so like i feel like i'm doing the podcast or the music like not the the justice that it deserves because i'm like only like half comprehending it Mm -hmm. um so i'll even turn it off after a period of time so i'm very much like focus on one thing and only that one thing you know yeah like i i don't understand and and most i'm sure most people do this the whole like having your phone out while you're watching something like i just i've never i've never been able to do that yeah i can only do that like um i just watched this past weekend i watched uh the the new season of the boys Mm -hmm. which is a show that like i enjoy but i don't really think it's like that great um and so, like, I played RuneScape while I watched the entire thing. Okay. Uh, and, like, I didn't feel like I, you know, was really missing out on anything. Because mm-hmm. I really didn't think it was that good. And actually, I thought it was a gigantic step down from the previous season. Oh, um, man. And uh, so, like, yeah, I didn't really feel that badly about it. But normally when I'm watching something, you know, that's what I'm doing is watching that thing. Like, if I, re- like, we've talked about, like, how that's the test. Is, like, if I reach for my phone while I'm watching something, then that's, like, a really bad sign. Um, yeah. <laughs> But like that's the kind of show where it's like, yeah, you know, it's whatever. I can I can do something else while I'm watching it. Um, what I do, I- uh, uh, what I am uh, guilty of though, is with my like drifting attention span, I will be watching something and then I'll want to like look something up, uh, you know, on my phone or whatever. But I will always pause when I'm watching. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah, I, I can way. almost never get through a film at home just like straight through. Like that's just mm-hmm. never, never gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm if I'm watching a movie that's like an hour and a half long in real time. It's usually like two hours, two and a half hours before (laughs) (laughs) before I actually see the end of it. So I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Oh, by the way, this is the Dead and Road show. It is. It is. Episode 63. Uh, I wanted something uh, different to sort of open with and uh, that provided it, I guess, Um, because we have somewhat of a, a packed did it all for the Moogle, which is our segment where we go into it started as a Final Fantasy 14 bullshit segment that I could just rant about. And uh, now it's sometimes we talk about uh, anime criticism or other JRPGs and other bullshit. It's usually it's usually Persona. It's usually Persona. At this point. <laughs> um, and so let's dive into that. Beautiful. Um, so you probably saw a little bit of this online because it was kind of hard to escape it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so there was a potential, uh, near automata, uh, secret that was discovered, um, and posted onto, uh, Reddit, um, of a, of a hidden area, uh, like sort of late into the game, um, that nobody had ever seen before, um, and nobody could figure out how this area had popped up. Um, and the circumstances for it were uh, very strange and the context surrounding it um, even more so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, Nier Automata came out in 2017 um, and uh, it is now going to be released uh, pretty soon Maybe uh, it might be like in the next couple months or in the fall uh, coming out to the onto the switch for the first time. Um, So that that sort of information is in the back of everyone's head. Like, hey, 
is this a is this a PR stunt? Sure. Sort of thing. Or is this like an ARG kind of thing? Um, because nobody could access this. Um, and on the um, on the, uh, the 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 Reddit posts um, that the original person was making, they originally said, uh, "How can I get into the church?" And people on the forum were saying, "Like, well, what what, what do you mean? What what church? You got to be more specific." Like, um, and then they finally posted photos. And um, people were like, well, we've never seen that area. Where, where is this? What like what what are you talking about? Then they posted the video um, and nobody had ever seen it. And, and, and it sort of uh, went crazy and viral. Um, and then they explained that they were on PS4. Um, and Did I that see potentially uh, unpatched offline version, too? Yes. Yes. They, they were saying that they were, uh, their PlayStation was offline and wasn't connected to the internet. And so like people had to explain to them, uh, how they can even take screenshots and get them off of the PlayStation. Cause they were taking, uh, photos and video on a phone, uh, originally. And so right. people are like trying to walk them through their English is like kind of broken. So they're not sure if like it's their second language or they just can't type that well. Or if they were even a kid, there was, there was, they mentioned something about their mom. Um, the other thing, was that their name is uh, Sad Futago. Yeah, I translated it to see if it would provide any like context or maybe a hint at, at some sort of like meaning, some clues here, which is just sad twins, right? Yes. So it apparently means, uh, Futago apparently means twins in Japanese. And twin, ugh, that's like a whole can of worms in near. Uh-huh. It's like twins. Um, yeah, especially, especially Replicant. <laughs> okay. So, that's so that the, was uh, like the prequel game, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was like a whole thing where people are like, okay, this feels like an ARG, like you know. Um, and so then people are like, oh, this this feels like a mod, you know. This this seems like somebody made this up. Uh, it's like it's a it's a really good mod, but like yeah. Um, but then uh, like people from the modding community came out and said, yeah, we can't make this. We we don't have the tools available to make this. Uh, the most we can do is um, like costume swaps. Uh, weapon swaps and like game rebalancing. Uh, we cannot create like environments or m- like movable environments. There's there's part of the environment in the video where like um, basically like church steeples are like jutting in and out of the environment um, that like through this secret door that they walk through. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, we this is way too advanced. They're like, you'd need a dev kit. You'd need you'd need the havoc engine. They're like saying all this shit. Like we can't do this. We there's no way. Um, this is so far beyond like what we could do. Um, and so this sets everything ablaze. They're like, okay, this has got to be you know a tease for something. Uh, so Near is a spinoff of a series called Dragon Guard, and uh, that last the last game, Dragon Guard Three, was I think like 2008 or something like that, maybe 2010 um, for the PlayStation Three. Uh, Dragon Guard One and Two were PS2 games. Um, and the near the near series is so is so um, ridiculous. Like there are you have to play it uh, several times to get all the endings and like to get the full story. Um, and Dragon Guard's even crazier. Uh, so like near um, is a, a spinoff of one of the specific endings from the original Dragon Guard. Okay. Where certain events happen. Sure. Um, and Near Automata is a sequel to one of the specific endings in Near Replicant, where certain events happen. Um, it, it's 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 crazy. 
So, like, um, if you were to just, like, play the game straight through, right, mm-hmm. there's a just a very small chance that they would make actual, like, sense in terms of, like, continuity. Um, well, if you play Nier and Nier Replicant and Nier Automata, you get a full, you get a story. Okay. You get, you get a beginning and end. Um, there's just, um, so, like, so I'm, I picked up based on this, like, craziness. I was like, damn, I should really play Nier again. Um, so I picked up, uh, near replicant again, and it had been a year. I checked my saves. It had been, I, I finished the first route, uh, last May. So it'd been, you know, over a year. Um, and the way that one works is you pick up route B, uh, basically from the halfway mark of that game. Mm-hmm. Like whenever you load up that save, um, and now all of a sudden you're getting, um, different cutscenes before boss fights and you're in the head of certain boss enemies and they're they're giving you more context to like what their backstory was and what happened to them and like why they're so angry and um you're getting um the 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 past of your party members uh that you didn't get and you're getting like novelizations that like you just didn't get when you first played the game um and then at the end you you get a different ending um and then you're supposed to work your way through until you get to ending e and that is supposed to be this drastically different playthrough and ending oh interesting that's supposed to tr- that's supposed to change the entire experience um and i'm not there yet so i don't know um, and it's the same for Automata, but Automata has uh, a ton of endings. Automata has like a ton of joke endings. Like you take out the plug-in chip and you die immediately because that's like your life. You know, that's like your brain. Sure. Um, and, and there's a bunch of those like that. Um, so uh, you, you, you can play the game, you know, start the, the first route and get a story. And, you know, you could be satisfied. And that's how a lot of people experience it and don't even know that there are multiple endings or anything, you know. Well, how, how long is that first route? Um, so Replicant, I, I took I really took my time because I sure I do that. So it took me um, like 26 hours, but that was like really inflated. So like I was looking online and it should take you like 16 Okay, that's um, that's actually a reasonable amount that you would expect from a like action slash RPG type of, of game. Yeah. Like a complete um, game, right? Yeah. And so now in this second playthrough, uh estimates was like five to six, and um it will only take me like a couple more hours. And I just picked it up last night. Mm-hmm. Um and so like I'll finish B. Uh and I I assume the rest of them will be a similar length. So like by the end it's gonna be like a, a maybe like a fifty hour like experience altogether. Yeah. Um uh where was I in this story? Um yeah, so 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 these the the mod community is like we can't we can't do this. You know, this is this is far beyond anything we can do. Uh so everybody's convinced that it's some sort of tease for like a Dragon Guard remaster. Um and the other thing that you have to <laughs> you have to keep in mind is that um, Final Fantasy XIV had the uh, near crossover raid series in Shadowbringers, mm-hmm. um, which that's the way it was built. It was built as the um, actually like a near automata crossover raid series, um, but by the end of it, it was actually a near replicant slash Drakengard crossover. Raid series. Okay. <laughs> uh, because that's kind of what uh, Yoko Taro, who's the director of Nier, and he designed the raid, uh, he kind of does. Like, he just kind of fucks with everything. Um, and that's why this is not out of the realm of possibility for something that could happen. Um, so, by like, the, in the final raid series, it is... It, that's, a, that's, a, that's a near replicant raid. But the end 
is uh, basically mimicking uh, one of the endings of Drakengard. Um, and I, I really don't know a lot about Drakengard, but like I know that much because it's one of the endings that causes near. I, I think. I think. Um, and so then people are, uh, you know, like there's a lot of there's a lot of signals pointing to like, hey, you know, Drakengard remake, Drakengard remaster now uh, based off the of that happening. And now this sort of ARG thing. Um, so then this sad Futago posts a video of them like before it was like snippets of them going into this area and then like the video stops. Now they go in and explore and there are objects and things in this little church area that are basically from near replicant that that you know should that don't belong in automata okay um it is at this point that the modders start looking at this like 540p video with a comb uh and then come out with a uh 14-page document debunking uh, Sad Futago as being, you know, legitimate in what they were saying about them finding this area and uh, asking for help trying to get their friend to get there too. Um, and so they go into, uh, like, there's a there's a model there, and they said this was taken uh, directly from Replicant and backported into Automata's engine. Uh, there's one, there's a, the, a statue that was taken from Replicant, um... They said that uh, Sad Futago is claimed to be using a base PS4 non-slim. However, analysis of the gameplay, both the early TV screenshots slash videos and direct recordings appear to show that Nier has aliasing akin to that of a PS4 Pro or PC. Oh, wow. Um, this is very, uh, very detailed here. Yeah. Uh, while this doesn't di directly disprove the video, it is worth noting that in one of the early TV videos, a PS4 can be seen almost out of frame at the bottom, cabled and with a visible rounded corner. Due to the PS4 Pro having a near squared off corner, this can only be either a base PS4 or a PS4 Slim. Another important detail of note is that there appears to be a router directly under the TV, with a white cable potentially being an Ethernet cable connecting to PS4 to said router, which <laughs> proves Sad Photogos claim that the PS4 has no internet access. Um, the area appears to lack ambient occlusion compared to the rest of the map, though they are lit, also lit in real time. They're just like going, this is 14 pages of this. Yeah, this is wild. This is some real detective pages. work. Um, they're going in about how the um, the arrow icon for item pickups has been disabled, which is only something you can do with mods. Um, oh, that's that's pretty damning right there. Because mm -hmm. that's just like, that's impossible on a PS4. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, and it has, uh, and so, um, so a lot of this was compiled by um, a person named Lance McDonald, who uh, previously is... Uh, known as the person that found uh, Near Automata's quote-unquote last secret, um, which was basically a series of inputs that can be done in the tutorial that take you to the end of the game. Um, and I believe that was found last year. And uh, Yoko Taro like, confirmed that that was uh, the game's last secret. Um, and uh, so they, they were compiling a lot of this because they were also very confused. Um, and also that's somebody who uh, has something to lose here, because if this is legitimate, then this Lance McDonald no longer has the title of finding the, the final secret. Right. There were some I saw there were some uh, comments made by developers. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, of course, everybody was going to ask uh, Square, who published uh, Near Automata and Replicant. Um, and, uh, the game's producer, uh, Yosuke Saito, uh, replied, uh, he just said, 
uh, told fans to calm down and buy the Switch version, um, <laughs> which which didn't didn't really help. That that, that didn't help. Um, uh, Yoko Taro, who he he really he never gives answers. He doesn't he doesn't say anything. Um, he said that his response is in his Twitter profile, which says, uh, I can't answer about any products. Please ask publisher. Um, and uh, a Square Enix rep uh, told Games Radar uh, said that it can't comment, which also didn't help. Um, so there might as well not have been any response from the development. Uh, pretty much. The publisher. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, they could have they could have immediately snuffed this out by saying, uh, yeah, this is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, is there anything to say, like, if the fact that they didn't do that, does that sort of lean towards it being The fact that they legitimate? didn't, yes, yes. To the conspiracy-minded, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would say so. Because you don't, you don't want to even, like, if it's not something you created, I mean, you don't even want to leave it hanging, right? But, but also, it is providing a lot of buzz for your it's, five-year-old game. Yes, it is good, uh, good marketing. Yeah. Uh, for sure. It really, it, it made me pick up the game again. I mean, here we are, uh, you know, talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if we're talking about it, that it's, it's, it's really going to take off. Um, sure, sure. Yeah. Um. So they continued to tease things. Um, at a certain point, it became clear that uh, Sad Futago knew what they were doing. They sort of dropped the facade of the bumbling guy that doesn't know how PlayStation works. And doesn't have um, the internet. And doesn't have internet and started posting uh, screenshots with letters that spelled out the word zero, which was the protagonist from Dragon Guard 3. Oh, boy. Um, and then uh, they posted a uh, another one with the caption Zinnia, which is some other kind of Dragon Guard reference that I don't know. Um, then... <laughs> Then they uh, posted uh, another, uh, uh, they updated their Reddit profile to link to a Twitch page. Um, and people were sort of like, okay, all right. This is either going to be like something amazing or this was just, you know, self-promo. Sure. Um, and then they updated their uh, biography to say in Japanese, uh, not an ARG, not official. Um, uh, and then they went live on Twitch early this morning. Like we're talking like... 4 a.m. Oh, I haven't heard about this. Uh, they uh, broadcast themselves, and this is from Lance McDonald who watched the live stream, uh, broadcast themselves playing through a lengthy new scenario taking place both new and existing areas before thanking the mod developers for their work and community for the hype. Uh, the stream ended with a very heartfelt thank you to the community, highlighting a lot of the best hype moments across social media and mainstream news websites and a lighthearted apology for any potential frustration along the way. Uh, the broadcast clarified that everything shown was in-engine and indeed was the work of extremely talented modders doing things the community thought were not possible. Um, huh. Uh, and then they uh, uh, sort of ended with uh, another thank you page and said that over the following days, we'll be releasing the new Blender add-ons and scripting tools completely open source. Uh, we have so much more in store for you. Um, th- we will be releasing the mod files. If you'd like to finally enter the church yourself, keep an eye out for more. I mean, um, this is a better, this is a more engaging rollout than most like li- like real game publishers could could dream of having. Maybe, yeah. You know, I of mean, course, this is of, pretty good stuff. Of course, a lot of people are, are disappointed. You know, they thought it was going to be something official. Mm-hmm. Some kind of, some people thought it'd be a sequel. Um, the diehards thought it would be a Dragon Guard remaster. Um, but yeah, it, it's pretty cool that, uh, you know, the mod community was like, no, there's no way this like this isn't possible without a dev kits. Some were saying that it had to be a dev or a former dev 
you know, having some fun. Right. Like what that had the that had the tools available to them. Um, and no, it's just it's, you know, I don't want to say amateurs, but like, you know, hobbyists mm-hmm. um, that uh, have the capacity to do this. So, um, yeah. So is, is the community excited for like the release of, of these like mods? Uh, I'd imagine. Yeah. There's a lot of people that that area looks so cool. Um, that's insane. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, um, there, there, but there are a lot of disappointed people. Um, sure. Sure. At least I, I feel like, um, this was only a few days. I think if it had dragged out much longer, uh, people's patience would have, uh, worn thin. Yes. Um, I do like the um, how like, you know, it started out with just a a single post on Reddit, right? mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. you know, naively asking for for help, like just like planting that seed and just assuming that it'll blow up because of what they have, which is which I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. They played it perfectly, really. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, intentionally making the I'm assuming they intentionally made the video uh, low res as well. Yeah. Yeah. They def they definitely did like the off screen phone recording on purpose. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sure they had a lot of that prepared ahead of time. Like they wouldn't have, um, you know, a lot of wasted time for Lance McDonald, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, but. maybe not. You know, like, like what you know, he was just keeping up with it, right? He wasn't like you know. Sure, sure, but hey, um, still has the record, still has yeah, the the title. True. So that's true. And uh, the 14 page Google Doc is now a 15 page Google Doc <laughs> uh, because the head of it now says. Uh, we all got bamboozled, GG, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite nice. Um, although I don't know if that's true because they were sort of right. Yeah, no, they they broke broke it down. They sort of uh, it was the opposite. They they cracked the uh, the case. Yeah, like they, they their conclusion at the bottom um, was it is unlikely to be cut or pre release content. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they got bamboozled. No, I don't think so. I, the only I, the I only that- yeah the only people who got bamboozled were the. The ones who were saying like this couldn't, this is impossible in the modding community. Right. So I, I think, well, they they do say that um, whether it is mod created using official dev tools slash SDK or custom tool set is yet to be one hundred percent confirmed. Though the latter is likely, given specifics such as the church's cutscene lack of interpolation. So like, yeah, they were, <laughs> they were right. Yeah. So I think they're being quite hard on themselves. Yeah. I think they got it. I mean, maybe they're referring to the sort of uh, the near community at large, right? Because there I guess was a so. lot of speculation. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, I think it sparked a lot of interest in near. You know, I think a lot of people that uh, hadn't played the games that saw all this buzz might jump in, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the Switch version coming out, which will probably not run very well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh yeah, I don't know what Square does. Like, I guess it's up to the individual, like, uh, studio and not the, you know, publisher themselves. Because, like, uh, Nier is, like, an official, like, you know, like, port port. But the um, the Kingdom Hearts collection was one of those cloud, you know, versions for the Switch. Right. Which seems weird. You think, you think Kingdom Hearts would be okay on the Switch? Yeah, because those were originally, like... PS2 games. Yeah. And then they were also on PS3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then eventually so uh yeah i i i, I keep saying it but i don't i don't suspect that near is going to run very well on on the switch but um i it's don't know pretty, maybe pretty safe bet 
Yeah. Yeah, um, I uh, I played quite a bit of Nier Automata a couple of years ago. I, I was really enjoying it. I never finished it because that's just me. Sure. Um, I did go back to it briefly earlier this year, and I got frustrated because I played like 40 minutes of it uh, and then died and then had to start at the very, very beginning again. Because really? There's that, yeah, there's that very long sequence that you can't save. Um, and so I was just kind of like reacquainting myself with like the controls and how everything worked and, the, you know. Well, hey, well now you know, you got to use the Lance McDonald skip. What's that? You, it's in the tutorial. You got to use the tutorial skip that he found. That's the last secret. Oh, that's the okay. That's the secret. All right. Yeah, you could skip right to the end. <laughs> that's not exactly what I was. <laughs> look, I wanted to actually experience the game, but um, no, that was just like uh, I was just annoyed in the moment. I I, I would return to. Yeah, it's very good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's what that, now. That's what I want to do. Now that I have, I want to finish the routes in Replicant, and now I want to go back to Automata. Yes. Because so. Replicant did come out first, right? Yeah, yeah. It's been re-released on like the current consoles, but it yes. was it was originally so, like the first game. Okay, yeah. So technically, there were two versions oh, of, the, all right. of the original. Nier. Nothing's ever simple. With no, no. So there was so there was uh, near Gestalt and near Replicant. Um, and uh, Gestalt was the version for I guess uh, it was for Europe and North America. And then Replicant was for the Japanese audience. Um, I see. And the difference is the protagonist. Oh. Uh, the, the well, I guess it's the protagonist and kind of the story. Uh, the protagonist is, uh, in Gestalt, is um, an older version of the character Nier. Um, and he's looking for his daughter. And in Replicant, uh, the version of Nier is much younger and he's looking for his sister. Huh. Yeah. And so another possibility people thought was, oh, since there are replicant references in the church, um, is this maybe like DLC for the older version of Nier? Mm -hmm. Would that be something that they would release? Uh, But, you know. Because uh, a lot of people, that was the version that they had originally played. They hadn't played Replicant. And so they wanted to see that remastered. And it, it hasn't been. Um, I, like the, the original reasoning was uh, the like like the audiences, uh, like the Japanese audiences used to like, you know, like shonen protagonists. So like younger, younger characters. And they thought like for the marketing, they thought that uh, a more older grizzled protagonist would work better for uh, Western audience. Right. Um, Mm-hmm. So that was that's how that happened. Um, but yeah, so that game was like had two versions. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, while we're here uh, and speaking of games split in half and oh, yeah, yeah. Um, OK. Um, all right. Where, where to where to begin? Uh, Persona Persona 2. <laughs> uh huh. Persona 2 is another game that was that has uh, two versions, but it, it has a um uh one edition and a sequel essentially um i've probably talked about this before but um it has uh persona 2 uh innocent sin and persona 2 eternal punishment um the originally released for the playstation 1 uh originally um they were both uh translated and localized for the playstation 1 uh then uh in uh, what but i guess about 10 years ago uh, 2012, um, they received uh, remastered ports for the PSP. Uh, the only problem was uh, only uh, Persona 2 Innocent Sin was translated and localized uh, for the West into English. Uh, so Eternal Punishment, the game's sequel, was never translated 
from like the PSP version. Right. So you, the, the only way you could play it was the PS1 version. Um, and the PSP port uh, has um, improved menus, uh, higher quality sprites, um, higher quality music. Um, and it also has an additional scenario of um, one of the main characters. And so that was never localized in English. And so you, there was just no way to play it. Um, Did it involve a church? Uh, to my knowledge, no. But I mean, I, I haven't been able to <laughs> okay. able to play it because it wasn't just, in English. Just wondering. Um, so it, it, was, it was never translated. Uh, and for a very long time, there uh, has been a... Uh, it's either like a solo effort or a small group of um, uh, translate like independent translators that have been um, working on it, and they've been working on the translation for a very very long time. Um, I'm talking since maybe 2013. Um, yeah, we're we're seeing some really dedicated fan bases here today. Yes, yes, um, and th- they've been working for a very long time on this. Um, and people have been following them, working on it for a very long time. Um, and uh, progress has been very slow. Uh, updates on the translation sort of stopped in about 2017 and only picked up again in the past couple years. Pandemic uh, time? Yeah, kind of. And even so, uh, the, this, the, the, the sort of head of the, um, the translation team uh, doesn't really give specific updates and uh, doesn't um, doesn't ever say like whenever something is going to be released. Uh, and so a lot of people get very, very frustrated with uh, this team and this person in particular. Um, and we'll talk about that. Is this like a, is this funded in any way or is this simply no. just like fans no. doing it, like organizing on their own and just and, and doing this? Thing, this, like is their fans, own time? this is just fans doing it on their own time. OK. Uh, now, this past week, I believe it was. Uh, the 26th. So what was that? That was Tuesday. Breaking news. Uh, tu- yeah. Tuesday was uh, the protagonist of Persona 2 Innocent Sin's uh, birthday. Okay. Now, y- y- you might think that's weird, and it kind of is. Um, well, no, because, like, did, did Persona 2 have a, ca- a calendar in it, like the like the more recent games where you know everybody's birthday? No. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a weird thing in sort of, like, the... The anime uh, community, where um, I guess it comes from, like the like promotion side, where like you'll see like Crunchyroll just like tweet out like a character's like happy birthday to like some character from an anime, mm-hmm. and to me it just works as a way to promote that whatever show that is. Yeah, and so um, like Atlas does it too for the Persona cast, so they'll tweet like. Oh, happy birthday, Futaba, you know, and like, you know, it promotes the game. Um, like, I don't, I don't, why, why would you know an anime character's birthday? That's yeah. Unless it me, was like mentioned in the story. Right. Right. Cause to, otherwise to me, that's weird. Um, like actually truly, like if you know, if you know an anime character's birthday, mm-hmm. um, but like, that's just, that's, that's something that happens. Um, so Tuesday was Tatsuya's birthday. And Tatsuya, it's his scenario that's in Eternal Punishment, like this this content that was not translated uh, into English. Um, and so on Tuesday, out of nowhere, a translated version of the PSP version of Eternal Punishment drops out of oh, nowhere. Oh my goodness! This is big. This is big news. Out of nowhere. Um, and 
you know, people went crazy. Like, wait, first of all, people are like, is this legit? <laughs> sure. <laughs> because because we people have been waiting a decade for it. And yeah, it's amazing to if it is legit. It's it's amazing to have have people wait a decade and then stealth drop it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they're like, "Wait, is this is this from the team that's been working on it for mm-hmm. so long?" Uh, and the answer to those questions are one, yes, it's legit, and two, no, it's not. Oh, they got beat. They got beat. I mean, that's not too surprising, is it? It's not necessarily surprising. Um, so this is where things kind of get interesting, uh, because, uh, the, 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 the person from the original team, uh, and I don't know if this is probably an alias, CJ Iwakura, um, tweeted out, uh, I'm as surprised as anyone, but this is someone who was working with us and went AWOL. Oh no. So that immediately, immediately makes everyone think, oh, did they steal the project? Mm-hmm. Did they steal it and release it under their own? Um, and uh, first, uh, I, I, I don't know their pronouns. I think I think it's he, him. Uh, at first, he was like, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it did. Uh, is it stolen? Um, and he's like, your guess is as good as mine. Because, you know, like you kind of have to go through the code and, you know, play it to see, you know, if it is, I guess, if you, if you know if your work's been stolen. Um, so then, uh, he tries it and says, I can confirm that my saves work between versions. Um, it's like, I used my save from our work in progress build and this release. Um, uh, and then, uh, there's an update and he says, in the interest of transparency, I've seen it said that this patch doesn't use any of our work. So nothing is stolen that I know of. Um, the only real damage done is to our team's morale since none of us knew about this and are sad we couldn't have been kept in the loop. Um, so morale is down a decade later. I mean, that's, you know. Yeah, but they were continuing to work on it, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. Um, and uh, the next day they posted an update on their website, um, basically uh, canceling their version of the uh, translation. Oh, wow. Um, so this version, that, that the version that was released this week, it's, it's like a full translation and everything works full tran- properly. And- full translation. Fully functional. It's not like you know a work in progress. Wow. It's completely finished. Um, it it is a bummer for for those who were working on it throughout the years. Yeah. But like at the same time, you know, nobody has ownership over like a project like this, right? Especially if nothing was was, was taken. So that's so that's the other thing. Um, I don't I don't really know the how the translation community and things like this work. Um, so they 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 basically like wanted um a heads up that another team was working on this. That's fair. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily to like pool resources or maybe work together or to even just say like, hey, we're also doing this. Don't waste your time mm-hmm. or or what? Um, some people think that they were like, the, the original team was like sort of staking a claim. Like that's why they like sort of started working on it so early, even if they had no intention of like finishing it soon um, to sort of be like, don't work on that because there's already a team working on it. Um, so I don't, I don't really know how this community works and like, you know, what the what the etiquette is, um, because y- you look around like as least I've seen um, for translated works and there are multiple translations for things. Right. Not, not even just games, you know, like th- th- these are all unofficial. Right. Uh, so unofficial translations for lots of things. There are lots of versions um for uh like fan subs for anime and uh you know manga and light novels there's there are lots of lots of uh unofficial translations 
Um, and it, it does seem weird that like you would stake a claim and say like, hey, nobody else can, you know, work on this. And like we're the we're the we're the, you know, gatekeeper of this project and nobody else can attempt it. Yeah. Um, and especially if they were not prepared to complete the project, uh, mm-hmm. which it sounds like they they weren't for whatever reason. Yeah. So that so they explained that there was um, one of the one of the members of the team uh, is in Russia. And so there was um, constant communication hurdles there. Mm -hmm. Like, like they were, they were one of the coders, I believe. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of um, ups and downs with them even living in Russia. So they were, you know, um, I guess maybe not the most consistent uh, and and stable, like, you know, able to work on it, you know, as much. Sure. Um, So the other, the other side of this is that uh, as soon as this translation dropped, and it was uh, confirmed that it wasn't this original team. Um, a ton of people were like, oh, yeah, fuck that other guy and his team. He took too long. <laughs> OK, like literally, like literally, like fuck him. Oh, I mean, that's that's not that's not nice. And it's like, Jesus, uh, these are people that are working for free. Yeah, this is like a hobby to bring you something that you desperately want to play and aren't paying for it. and aren't paying for. This is this is pure purely purely in the truest sense of the phrase for the love of the game yeah i mean i guess the only the only thing is like you could argue maybe they strung fans along for a number of years but even then it's like okay but still it's not it's just it's just a hobby for like it's not you're not paying any money or anything right like like yeah they they did not ask for donations or anything they didn't like scam anybody yeah this is not like a a failure of like a crowdfunded thing Right. Not at all. Not in the slightest. It was just they just probably uh, started working on it too early and couldn't commit to it. Like that's that's kind of it. Um, And then another group got impatient and had the ability to finish it. Sure. And that's that's what happened. And so now people can play it. Um, Are you going to be you going to be playing? Absolutely. Yeah, I figure. Why did I even ask that? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So the other thing, this is really exciting because Earlier in the month, there was a translation that dropped for uh, Shin Megami Tensei if the PlayStation 1 version. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's really exciting because uh, that was originally a Super Nintendo game. Um, oh, wow. And uh, Shin Megami Tensei if is um, the game that basically uh, inspired the Persona spinoff series. Uh, it was the first uh, SMT game to take place in a high school, um, and it sort of has the precursor to the Persona system, um, and uh, it just has a very cool vibe. It, it, it's basically a version of Persona 1. And I, I think there's a scene where Carl Young shows up, right? Uh, close, yeah. <laughs> um, well, you don't, you don't. The, the problem is, is that you you don't even know about Shin Megami Tensei because uh, Stephen Hawking is a character. So like, oh, <laughs> you don't even know how close that is. To, oh, okay, <laughs> surprising. You don't even know. <laughs> wow. Uh. So so yeah, but the the PlayStation One version uh obviously uh has uh higher quality uh sprites. And the music is so much better. Oh my god, is it so much better? Holy better shit. as in like it's been changed, or it's just like been upresed. Like it's better quality, like sound. It's better quality. I think it's like it's like the same songs, but like they're like like um not like sixteen bit or whatever oh, okay. the Super Nintendo is. Um, 
And actually, I use some of that um, music uh, for like stream openings sometimes whenever I decide to stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because one, it can't get flagged because nobody's looking for Atlas music from the fucking 80s. Yeah. Um, but, but also because it's really good. Um, and also because uh, a lot of people avoid uh, working on PlayStation games, uh, especially whenever there's already uh, like uh, Nintendo versions. Um, I don't know if that's due to ease of use or um, like like the loading times or whatever, like getting around that kind of shit. Um, but it, but it's just really exciting. So that dropped earlier in the month. And now all of a sudden this surprise drop of Eternal Punishment out of the complete blue is just very good. It's just a wealth of, of stuff. Yeah. Like a lot of this could just be avoided if Atlas would, you know, port things to non-dead platforms. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. it, it, it really is a shame that like this never got localized, uh, you know, in an official capacity and that it took 10 years for fans to do it. Um, well, at least the, the series are uh, they're popular enough now where this type of thing probably won't happen again. Right. Yeah. It's just like it's a joke that Atlas completely ignores Persona 1 and 2. Yeah. And that just sort of continues. Mm-hmm. Um, like, even if um, they were to port uh, the PSP version of Innocent Sin to, like, PC, you know, which would probably be, be pretty simple, um, Eternal Punishment would be left in the dust because it's a PS1 game, mm-hmm. and they never localized it, and they probably wouldn't decide to... R- localize a PSP game and then port that to PC. Like they wouldn't go through that effort. Like sure. they, they just they just wouldn't. I I I know they wouldn't. Um they they had to be kick, dragged kicking and screaming to get Persona 3 portable to modern platforms. Uh they're not going to do that for P- Persona 2. They're just not. I I know they're not. Um I'd love to be proven wrong. I would love it, but they're not going to do it. I know they're not. Um they they they're too busy selling uh, you know, merch basically. Mhm. Well, this this project is is great then. It is, it is. Um, but it, it also does show how shitty the um, SMT fan base is in general. Yes, like 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 a huge a huge chunk of the response to this fucking gift being dropped was to say fuck the other guy mm-hmm. immediately. Like like oh my god. Like it, it's it's really why I actually hate SMT and Persona fans. Like I really do. Like I don't like I, you'll laugh at me but I don't like consider myself. Well, you know, I mean it's, you know, it's that. it's it's the fans that are are vocal on like social media forums and stuff. Yeah. Th- there there are so many SMT fans that are just uh uh whiny edge lords and uh-huh. y- 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 <laughs> you know Call me what you want, but um, yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of weird edgelord weebs that are that are given that are given a, a a massive gift, a game that we have not been able to play at all, and they say fuck some, like you know, like fuck that guy, you know, he was a piece of shit, blah 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 blah, blah. like Jesus, mm-hmm. so ungrateful. We could have we could have never had this. We would be stuck playing the the PS one version, which is basically unplayable because I tried to play that. I tried to play it after I finished Innocence In and the menus are awful. It drags the combat down. It's basically unplayable. I mean, I believe it. Like if you couldn't get through it, I, I that, that pretty much speaks to to it being unplayable. So, um, but yeah, this this was this is the big news this week. Um, and we've been in a very long Moogle. Mm-hmm. So we should probably get out of here. <laughs>
Uh, um, I did have something sure. about everyone's favorite reality TV show. Okay. Um, no, I wanted to include this because it's like an update to what I was talking about a couple weeks ago. I think it was on the uh, the live stream. Right, right, right. Where I was talking about this this current season of Big Brother and how much of a disaster it was for the first like couple weeks. Yeah, and uh, per- and and now it's been saved, right? It has. Oh God, I was. <laughs> I know you were saying that like sarcastically. Um, No, I I wanted to share this. So I was talking a couple weeks ago about uh, Taylor, the contestant who has been from the jump uh, mistreated. Um, People were constantly talking shit about her for no reason, no legitimate reason. Uh Uh-huh. Um, you know, there was racism and colorism thrown her way. There was bullying, essentially. I mean, if you want to call it what it is. Right. And she was, you know, alienated. Um, you know, she would walk into a room and people would like leave pretty quickly or like turn away from her. And she wasn't given the time of day. Um, it was tough to watch. You know, it really, it, it, it just like it ruined the experience of, of I mean, I, it was obviously much worse for her experiencing it firsthand than it is for somebody watching the show, but it, it sucks mm-hmm. to watch, you know? Yeah. Um, however, there's been a development, a very interesting one, um, something that I don't think I've seen before. It's it's one of those things that as a fan of Big Brother, you always are wishing will happen, but it just never does, which is, so you have like a, a majority alliance, right? People that are banded together and they sort of controlled the game. Mm-hmm. And then you have like the outsiders who are left out of that alliance. And every season, you know, as a viewer, you are inclined to root for those outsiders, those underdogs. And you're like, man, if they only realized the position they were in and they looked around and they, you know, knew their position and they looked at the other outsiders and they're like, hey, we should team up because that is our only chance of actually uh, competing in this game. Then they would have a a chance. Right. Mm -hmm. But that just never happens. Like whether they don't get the power by winning competitions or they just are like deceived and they don't see see like the structure of the house for what it is you know there could be a number of reasons but this week that that actually happens an alliance formed of all the outside contestants and they came together and they formed an alliance and are now in power Mm. and that alliance includes taylor Mm. Um, yeah, so what happened was basically one of the, um, one of the, uh, members of that big, you know, initial majority alliance, uh, was loose-lipped and let some information slip to one of the outsiders. And so word got around about this, this big group that's, you know, planning to, to take everybody out. And, um, that is how everyone, all the outsiders came together and were like, okay, we need each other. We need to, we need to do this right now because that's otherwise we're just gonna get picked off one by one. Mm-hmm. Uh, while that's happening, the harassment and, and bullying of Taylor that is mostly happening behind her back becomes a very public matter because two house guests in particular confront her in front of everybody and accuse her of stuff that she didn't do. Mm. And it gets it gets nasty, not on Taylor's end. Taylor is literally just like stunned and doesn't know what's happening and is ends up in tears, but it gets nasty on the part of these couple of house guests right mm-hmm. so everybody sees this they're they're sort of putting the pieces together they're like 
you know, Taylor doesn't deserve this this treatment that she's been getting. She's being dragged through the mud. Um, so this alliance is forming and Taylor is part of this alliance. And so there's going to be a big blind side and there's a speech that goes along with it, right? Because it's at one of the, like, the ceremonies, like the veto ceremony. Mm-hmm. And so when the uh, head of household, who's part of this new alliance, which is named, by the way, it's called the Leftovers. Okay. Yeah, because they're like, you know, the leftover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You get it. You get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the head of household has the power. He's he's one of the leftovers, and he calls out the treatment of Taylor in front of everybody, um, which I thought was was really great. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, you know, in Big Brother, if, if, if someone's being treated unfairly, there's always that tendency for, even if you're not um, part of that yourself, you're usually not speaking up for the person because you don't want to, I guess, like attract any attention that could make people target you in the in the context of the game right Mm -hmm. so usually that leads to people being treated unfairly and everybody else being silent which for a while was the case here um like a lot of people were complicit in what was happening to taylor just by being silent but this week there was like this big cathartic moment where they have taken the power back they have this group that i should mention is completely undetected by everybody else in the house like nobody suspects that this leftovers group is working together mm. and as of this recording that remains the case and as long as that remains the case um they can steamroll because they are very loyal to the cause and mm-hmm. they are not not uh not causing any suspicion whatsoever it's very impressive to watch it's really cool um so yeah this was like a really cathartic moment it was a very like wednesday night the episode uh this past week was such a such a great episode because i i never usually have faith in the, the tv show like the production to edit things together properly and and show you the narrative as it was actually happening right yeah yeah we've mentioned that we've mentioned that but in this case they did a really good job like there was this 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 uh wild juxtaposition of the two house guests that were talking shit about Taylor and eventually confronted her, they're they're like getting each other riled up in this other room, right? And they're talking about, before they confront her, they talk about, oh, she's not a good person. She should not be here. You know, she's a bad person. We're the good guys, right? They're, they're talking to each other about that. Mm-hmm. And um, Taylor... <laughs> is in a different part of the house and has noticed that these two people are upset. And so she's saying, man, I, I don't know what's, I have no idea what's wrong with them. I, I, I hope they're okay. I, I just like, <laughs> let's, let's pray for them. Let's Jesus pray that Christ. they are okay and that they will get, get through the issues that they're having because one of them was crying. And so Taylor noticed that this person was crying and she has yeah. no idea why, obviously. So you have the juxtaposition of them talking shit about her in one room and Taylor literally praying for them in the other room jesus and so the show did that side by side and captured the uh just the idiocy of these these two people Mm -hmm. um and also this was like the first time where they truly like showed the stuff that was being said about taylor like it was alluded to in the episodes but they really had not done a good job of portraying it Mm. like for the viewer that isn't like following you know live feeds and stuff do you think that's a response to the criticism um i mean there's always criticism well yeah but i mean like specifically What do you mean by the production? Like, like response to them, like not showing what was actually going on. Well, in this case, it was hard to not because it, it, it created some like tangible scenes and drama because it, it did lead to a confrontation with Taylor, whereas most of the other stuff was going on like behind closed doors. Like Taylor wasn't even Taylor's not even aware of half the shit that's been said about her. Mm. Um, so this did lead to like a dramatic 
confrontation. I think that's the main reason it was it was shown. You I know? see. Like it's part of the narrative, and you also can't like you can't skate around it. You can't avoid it. These people like they showed their their true colors here, and there was no way mm-hmm. to sort of edit around that. Um, but yeah, long story short, Taylor is in power, and all the people I'm rooting for are now in power. Whereas a few days ago they were on the outs, and it's just the thing that you hope to see and just never do. Mm-hmm. And like as a fan of the show, it's like it's the possibilities are always there and it's just it never works out but like it's happening and it's it was truly truly a rough start to the season and it's 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 turned like a complete 180 mm, like if taylor mm. can win this game like imagine that from from what had happened to her in the very beginning and if she can go on to win which like as it stands she's in a really good spot mm. like it's still very early there's like almost two months you know left in the game <laughs> yeah. but but you know she's in this alliance with seven with six other people and uh if the, if everything goes according to plan they could be the final seven so mm. i don't know it's exciting i wanted to share it because there was like an, an update to what i talked about a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's uh it's great i mean it's tough because like in that same episode where you get like that cathartic like moment where everybody like comes to to realize what's going on you also have to sit through that really brutal confrontation like i i was talking about uh paloma the person who left after having um some like mental health issues mm-hmm. right like the stress of the situation and just like a combination of factors led her to to leave and she was one of the people really championing the uh we need to get you know like like jumping down taylor's throat type of thing yeah so one of the arguments in this confrontation this week one of the, the people said to Taylor that she was responsible for Paloma, what happened to Paloma, and leaving the house. I mean... I guess technically like, no not at all like not at all right because this person well, I mean in a in a cosmic sort of sense in a cos- <laughs> no I mean <laughs> sure there's that like but but really what this person meant was like you caused her to have right. a mental breakdown um like weaponizing this person's like, like mental health it's like that meme of the the white lady yelling in, at the cat you know that one I I can't say I do all right well never mind <laughs> it's the white lady yelling and the cat's just sitting there uh-huh oh and so like what the cat's responsible for yeah yeah that's it there you go yeah yeah i mean that that, that's explain explaining memes on an audio podcast is not it's not work (laughs) no but it's it's a similar thing like it was a very the the paloma and taylor rivalry so to speak was very very one-sided in that taylor wasn't even aware it was happening Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but yeah to sort of like weaponize that and like blame taylor for this person who left because they had like i don't know a manic episode Mm -hmm. it's just wild stuff just completely off base um but yeah it also it makes that julie chen interview from like two weeks ago seem even worse now <laughs> oh, of course but that kind of goes without saying of course i don't think a julie chen interview has ever aged well no no that's fair <laughs> but uh but yeah the the fan base really needed this um people are excited i'm excited you know um, big brother delivered it for the fans you know <laughs> that's what they're there for <sighs> Yeah, I I don't know if I give them credit as much as just like people getting their shit together in the house, but... Well, yeah, go go Taylor. Uh, I'll, I'll, this should be the last update because I don't want to like you know bore everybody, anybody that's listening here. But mm-hmm. this this was like the end of like an arc, right? That I had yeah. started a couple weeks ago, so I thought I would close that and and we can move on. We can move sure. on. Sure. 
Um, I think the last thing you have in here is tied to our movie uh, slightly. Oh, um, is it? Yeah. The oh, are you the uh, the concert thing? Yeah. No, it has nothing to do with that. Oh, is this a different concert thing? I'm trying to figure out. There was no like concert in. Yeah, movie. but uh, there's some people. All right, I'm just gonna, so the Kid Cudi thing. Oh, you know what? It does. <laughs> it does tie. Yeah. In. Yeah. So should we You're, do that? Yeah, yeah, no, I just wanted to bring this up because there were a couple of weird things I saw this week. Uh, we've we've actually had a number of stories over the past number of months about like crazy stuff at concerts, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's like has always been happening, been happening or if it's just like a post COVID thing where people forget what is acceptable, like in society. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on either. So just last night I saw footage from uh, Dua Lipa's tour stop in Toronto. She was playing an arena show. And I guess on the like the general admission like floor section, somebody set off fucking fireworks. How'd they get in with that? I don't know. I don't know what the the, the Canada's security is like. Um, that was my first question as well. Um, but yeah, somebody set off fireworks in the middle of this this arena indoors Dua Lipa show. And I don't Jesus. think I don't think anybody was injured, but but that's like terrifying. <laughs> We can't even blame America for this shit because there's been a couple Canadian issues. Uh huh. There was the Phoebe Bridger stampede. Well, yeah, yeah. They're setting off fireworks. Yeah. What was what was it? The weekend was stranded. What was that thing? Oh, there was like a Rogers Center outage or something. Yeah. So we can't even. This isn't just an America thing. No. What's going on? I don't know. And then, like you just mentioned, Kid Cudi. Uh, so he performed at the Rolling Loud Festival last weekend, and he was. Um, I don't. Don't think initially on the bill no he was the replacement for uh kanye west who, yeah which just like a who, big sigh who showed for up me. anyway who showed up anyway from what i, from what I can gather <laughs> yes so he was like the headliner and he canceled it which like fine you know if you're an artist and you cancel a show for whatever reason that's that could, could be valid sure uh, in most cases is valid but when it comes to kanye west you never know um and then of course uh he shows up and performs a couple of songs with a like a different rapper um which is just like such a fuck you to like everybody right and so kid cuddy's the replacement for for kanye and he's performed He's just a couple songs in and people start throwing like water bottles and like trash at him on stage. And so he just like he says, uh, you know, stop throwing shit at me or I'm going to leave. He got hit in the face. He got hit in the face, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he did give a warning. He's like, stop throwing shit at me uh, or I'm going to leave. I'm, I'm very serious about this. Like, I'm not messing around. And then as soon as he says that, somebody throws another thing at him. And he, so he just walks off the stage and and leaves the show as as he, he had every right to do. Yeah. Um, like, what is, is this just like Kanye fans who are upset? Because there was also like a, I know that Kid Cudi and Kanye have worked a lot together and they were friends, but they had like a falling out earlier this year, um, I guess over something. Thing that that uh, Kid Cudi didn't agree with that Kanye was saying or doing. Uh, big surprise there, right? Sure. Yeah. Um. So I I guess this is just like disgruntled Kanye West fans. I th- yeah, I think so. They wanted to see Kanye, but it's like, all right, take it up with him then. Yeah, that's, he's here. That's, you can that's his fault. <laughs> yeah, throw like, stuff at him. That's yeah. No, don't do that. Of... I'm not condoning that, but you know what I mean. Like, it's like yeah, it's sort of his his deal. Yeah. So so there there was that. I just don't know what's happening. It's weird. Yeah, it's like people don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Like it's either kids that don't know, like they haven't been to enough concerts, or like know like how to be safe mm-hmm. at them. Or, or they're on the inverse. There's also the ones that are like just acting stupid at them. Um, 
And there's just assholes. And then there's just assholes. The, who are the big wild shit. card, yeah. Uh, like there's there's footage of the like because of course people are just filming TikToks the entire time mm-hmm. instead of just being at a concert. And like I'm, I'm not even trying to be like the like put your phone down, you know, like old man kind of shit. Sure. But like if you're filming TikToks like the entire time, like you're not really you're experiencing there, the concert. You're there. You're there to film TikToks. Like sure. you're not. You're not there to actually like. Which if it's fun. not like interrupt disrupting anything or anybody, then fine. Do do what you want to do. Well, it is whenever you like need space around you to film your fucking TikTok. Sure. Like, yeah. Uh, but like there, there is a video of just like the guy winding up to throw the, the, the piece of trash that like finally gets Kid Cudi to leave the stage. Christ. Uh, I think the Pirates are going to sign him, actually. Uh-huh. To a, to a minor league deal. Sure. Kind of got an arm. Did the, the, took the low-hanging fruit there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, but it's like, it's like, yeah, you were like, you got your girlfriend to like film the TikTok of you throwing trash at somebody. Like, cool, man. Yeah. Congratulations. You're cool. You just the, deprived the, everybody of a performance from a great the most, rapper. The most sane Kanye fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. You, and then you, like, you just paid to make it to even there. To make it even a little bit weirder, um, one of the couple of songs that Kanye performed with somebody else later that night was a song that also f- featured a, a Kid Cudi verse. Of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just no fireworks. No, Just put your trash in the trash cans, people. Or just drop it. Like, whatever. You know, they, they got to sweep up all that shit anyway. You know, I mean, it's better than fucking tossing it to people. Sure. Like, I don't know. But yeah, that does that does relate. I had like a moment where I wasn't making the connection. But yeah, we watched the movie that we're going to talk about and it starred uh, Kid Cudi. Yeah, yeah, he's in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's funny, though, because like uh, uh, I was in your car last week mm-hmm. and uh, you were listening to him. <laughs> you were like, is this Drake? <laughs> uh, that was a joke. I knew I knew it probably wasn't Drake. But uh, I was just Ooh, joking. I don't know if I you could. It's easy for you to say that now, but that was a oh come on, that was a clear joke. Mm, I don't know. Oh my god. Anyway, but, but yeah, yeah. But then I saw the thing about him getting pelted, mm-hmm. like like the next day, and then we're watching this movie that he's in. Like, yeah, okay. collective right. unconscious or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. See, whatever you like. To it. Talk now you're getting about. it. Yeah, yeah. Now you're getting it. But yeah, so we watched uh, Ty West's latest, uh, X, starring yeah. the uh, the aforementioned Kid Cudi, as well as Mia Goth, uh, Brittany Snow, uh, Jenna Ortega. This dude that I thought for a second was like Luke Wilson, but then wasn't. Yeah, I thought he was one of the Wilsons. I also uh-huh. thought he was uh, like a, a, a lost McConaughey. Sure. Uh yeah, he was he was Walmart McConaughey, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, he's good for the role, you know. Yeah, yeah, he he nailed that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is Ty West's take on uh, the sort of like Texas Chainsaw esque uh, slasher movie of like the you know the seventies or eighties um, with a, a pornography twist. Uh, to it, uh, an existential twist, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so what'd you, what'd you think? Uh, it was interesting. Uh, the, the first half was, um, just, just a porn shoot. Yes. Um, so that was, <laughs> yes, that was, uh, interesting. I had to work the volume on my surround sound, uh, pretty heavily. That's <laughs> why I use headphones. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, I is this, is this your first high West, uh, directed movie that you've seen? I think it is. Yeah. I don't think yeah, I've he's, seen he's else. very into the slow burn. Yeah. I, I got that at a certain point. I was like, okay, we'll get, we'll get to, you know, the, the horror stuff later. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, <laughs> I didn't think there'd be that many, um, you know, porn shoot scenes. I figured it's, once it's, we it was cinematic, we, though. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I figured once we established that they were there to shoot a porn, that you know, like we like we got it. No. You know, no, <laughs> we had to. It's a, <laughs> had to keep doing it. <laughs> it's called immersion. Uh, something was being immersed. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. Um, so there was like a Suspiria thing or like a Suspiria remake thing going on. Um, how so? With, uh, I guess this is, I don't know if this is spoilers. Uh, who, nobody's listening at this late in the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're not going to sit through my persona shit. You know it. Uh, and then, and then, if they do survive that, they have to get through Big Brother. So. Yeah, it's the it's the Persona Big Brother gauntlet that they got to get through yeah. <laughs> in the movie. Uh, what are we doing? Um, like the so Mia Goth is playing one character, and she's also the old woman. Yes, and in the in the. <laughs> In the next movie coming out, she will be playing the young version of the old woman. She's the young version of the old. No, I think she's the young version of the of the young girl. She is. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm actually referencing the uh, the prequel to X that is coming out sometime later this year. I don't know if you heard about this. There's a trailer that came out this week. It's the movie's called Pearl. And it's like, oh, the, I thought uh, Pearl was the name of um, the, the young the young version. No, no, uh, no. Pearl is the the uh, the serial killer old lady. OK. okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's like a Suspiria thing. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. Tilda, Tilda Swinton was the one character and then also that old man. This <laughs> is true. At the end. That's right. Uh, and I don't really know what that's doing. Like, I kind of get it, but I kind of um, yeah, don't. No, it's, it's meant to like, I guess it, from a practical standpoint, you obviously need younger people to play these roles. And the, it, because like the, the 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 creepy factor comes from the makeup effects and and all that, right? I just thought the creepy factor was the fact that she was just old. Well, yeah, but it's, I mean, there's, <laughs> well, there's old, and then there's there's that, right? Like this is this is a, a enhanced. Well, yeah, no, the fact that she's old and doing uh uh sex. Sure, th- that's the creepy. Okay, or it's meant or it's meant to be like. No, but really what I think it was doing was it was just mirroring uh, Pearl's, her character's, like, uh, the envy that she had for the younger woman. Yeah. And, like, her, you know, missing missing those, like, experiences, those life experiences, you know, where she's at now. And so, like, you know, mirror that by having Mia Goth play both characters. And what, to just hammer home the point that we all get old? I mean, that is, that that's is what a, <laughs> a large portion of, like, thematically was going on here here right yeah my my whole my whole feeling on it was that like the whole movie was about how much boomers suck um i i don't i mean okay i guess you could take that away from it yeah because it's like they already got to live their life Uh uh-huh right and they're still trying to take something away from people younger than them i guess that's i guess my my take is a little bit more sympathetic towards them no no they're still trying to destroy the lives of people that haven't lived yet yeah okay i see that that does sort of yeah especially the scene on the dock with the the blonde with with, uh britney snow's character oh yeah that sort of overtly speaks to that doesn't it yeah yeah okay yeah you're right you're right it's like hey i'm trying to help you it's like no you're you're a whole you know whatever that whole dialogue and then she's like you know fuck you bitch and then throws her in the river yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so that was my takeaway sure (laughs) was that the old people suck (laughs) and need to croak 
Well, it's doing that. There are moments where it's focused on the older couple and it is somewhat sympathetic to their like internal problems that they're <laughs> they're dealing with, for lack of a better word, right? Yeah, and I also like it also was dealing with um the the uh hypocritical nature of boomers too. Mm-hmm. Where this this old bag wants to fuck anything that moves and but is also ca- like a prude yeah she's also calling everybody else a whore yeah yeah yeah. it's like okay like easy you're trying to trap young women to have sex with them and you're rubbing up on their smooth skin mm-hmm. and yet you're gonna call her a whore like all right <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> Uh, some good kills though. Yeah, good kills. I th- I thought it was a fun movie. I really enjoyed the first half. That was basically just like pornography <laughs> because like it was doing it was just like interesting like I don't know. It was just there was like a rhythm to this movie with mm. like the the needle drops and the camera cuts and like those flashing images. Like you have like the three. You know what I'm talking about, right? Where they would like cut in between the yeah, previous yeah. scene and the the current scene, and they do like three flashes. Like just like stylistically, there was some cool stuff going on that like I was engaged with bef- even just like before it turned into a uh, like a gory. I think slasher. I think that was supposed to mimic um, film, right? Mm-hmm. Like slides. Yeah, because that's like so much of like stylistically what Ty West is about. It's like just like making his films as authentically or as authentic to like that era as possible, mm-hmm. right? Like I, his other one, like House of the Devil, is another one that I think is very seventies. Um, the Inn Innkeepers, I think, is it's the one with the, the like the hotel, uh, the two people working at the hotel. And it's like the ghost story. That that's my favorite of his. That's very mm. good. But they all like lean into that like era of horror like i don't i guess like the the real criticism you could have of his work is that it's a bit redundant Mm. you know because it it is like kind of just like pulling from a a past style um but it does it well sure you know it does it really well um Mm -hmm. and like i don't know if it's really leaning into nostalgia very much because i don't have that much nostalgia for those for that era of like horror film like i've seen a bunch of them but i'm not really particularly like more fond of of like 70s and 80s horror than i am of modern horror and yet these movies work very well for me so yeah i don't know how many um people that grew up in the late 70s are watching a24 movies true yeah uh so i don't think it's nostalgia bait you know this um, this is this is not stranger things (laughs) <laughs> no, it's very, very much not Stranger Things. Um, it's almost like he's carved out like a niche for himself because he's like one of the only people making this style of horror film now, you know? Mm-hmm. Not that other, not that like there aren't other like homages to that era, but like he's probably the most prominent filmmaker that, that makes films like this. Yeah. Um, I like the tone of it because it's very funny in parts. It, like mm-hmm. it never takes itself too seriously. Um, although it can be very, very creepy, like very I mean, effective. it ends with a joke. It does with a joke a good one too yeah it just like ties ties everything um no pun intended with tie but sure um sure. but yeah no i i was impressed with it i don't know if i want a trilogy like we're getting it's gonna be a trilogy that's what i've heard um so this this next movie this prequel is like a world war ii set film about uh the villain of this movie like her origin story or whatever and then the third movie is going to take place in the 80s i think and i'm not sure how it connects to like these if it does but that that's the plan so then it would probably focus on the other mia goth character i mean if you want to have mia goth star in all three i'm i'm down um i mean right yeah that that adds up right i mean there is like room for 
for that because like there's a, a reveal at the very end of the movie that sort of like uh, adds a bit of context to her character, right? Yeah, that's why I figured this one, the, the prequel would have been that character. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And this this movie was 1979, so could cruise yeah. right into right into the 80s. Yeah, I could see that. I just don't know if it's necessary, but oh yeah, that's that's always the question, isn't it? With with horror sequels and prequels and whatnot. Yeah, I feel like we got it all. Yes, but, but um, yeah, you're familiar with Kid Cudi now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> Maybe a bit more than you intended. Kind of. Yeah, it's it like a silhouette scene. Yeah, yeah, you see. <laughs> Yeah. See the shadow of the yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely framed that uh <laughs> but um yeah, no, I like this. This was fun. I, I uh slashers, you know, not not typically my favorite uh subgenre of horror, but I was really engaged with this one all the way through. I, I liked what they were doing with it. Yeah. Um it was losing me a little bit with how agile the old woman started to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, just a little Which, bit. I mean, I don't I don't mind that. But like she was like creaky to move. And then all of a sudden she's like stalking through the house. You know what? You know what it reminded me of? And because we talked about it last week was uh, Death in Her Hands. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, the Otessa Monshag novel. Yeah. Where that character is an old woman. Yes. Who by the end has purchased a, a military stealth suit uh-huh. <laughs> in her paranoid delusions <laughs> and is like up on her roof and shit. Mm-hmm. And like has night vision goggles, <laughs> like it kind of reminded me of just like this this woman just like stalking through the woods. Yeah, now that you mention it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was gonna bring up. Like, is there anything ageist about this this film? Uh, I haven't no, seen I... anything about that. I'm not saying there's like a discourse or anything. It's just a thought that I had throughout like multiple times. No, in <laughs> fact, I think it like does the opposite. It, to me, it's just like I, I see how it would do the opposite because like what we were just talking about with the agility and the fact that she is the big bad of this movie and all that. But like so much of the um, the visual horror comes from the, the old age body, right? I So but here's the thing. I think it's meant to provoke. Provoke. OK. Right. So it's meant to be like, oh, you find this creepy. Mm-hmm. Examine yourself. Why do you find the old woman body creepy? Yeah. It's, it's just a human body. And it's also a reminder that everybody ends ends up there, I guess, if they're, if they're lucky enough to, to right. live that like, long. Like, think about the, the scene before the first kill where she's, like, you know, interrogating the boy. She's like, why won't you look at me? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. It's, I think it's trying to do that. Um, But I will say she's fucking gross. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's not he's not a real old person it's a person in makeup and costume yeah but even so if if it were real mm-hmm. <laughs> no the one where she gets in like the whole scene of her getting into bed uh really man oh yeah <laughs> it's effective oh, yeah. it's you know it's really good yeah it did kind of give me some like johnny knoxville though oh did it where he puts in the grandpa suit sure yeah very different tone sure yeah but yeah <laughs> now the bad grandpa goes and jumps in a lake with alligators yeah yeah <laughs> they do that though they do that <laughs> but uh yeah i will check out pearl when that comes out i'm assuming it's in the next few months if there's been a trailer already really that soon yeah, I was surprised. I mean, this movie huh. was was a hit by all accounts. I mean, it was a. I think it premiered yeah, South still. by Southwest. Uh, so if they filmed it fairly close, you know, close wow. after, and they, you know, they still have the momentum of of this movie, why not, right? Yeah, I guess so. 
Huh. Yeah. I really hate the term the Ty West cinematic universe, though. I never I never want to hear anything uh, mentioned as a cinematic universe. Well, yeah. Again. Why can't we just have sequels? And I know. I know. know. I don't think he was using that himself. But the uh, the IndieWire piece that was talking about the uh, yeah. the trailer yeah. was uh, they even they even like abbreviated it as like the uh, no the TWCU or whatever. Oh, yeah. That'll catch on. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, and Britney Snow is very good. The, I love the Fleetwood Mac uh, cover. Yeah. So here's the thing. I forgot it was Kid Cudi in this. Uh-huh. And then I was looking back like half an hour later in the movie and I was like, why did they do that? Why did they have a, a song in the middle of the movie? Well, Britney Snow's isn't and she in like, like those musicals? Like she yeah, sings. Yeah, I was as like, well. oh wait, they had two singers in this goddamn movie. Yeah, two singers. <laughs> Because so I keep I kept getting Britney Snow confused with the blonde girl from Search Party. Okay. Because they look identical. Not even close. What do you mean? <laughs> what? I don't think so. Really? You're talking about like the the blonde girl who's in like the main in the main group in Search Party. Yeah. No, I don't see that. What? I don't see that. Okay. Hold on. This is gonna get cut, but sure. Meredith Hagner. Okay. Uh huh. Britney Snow. <laughs> This is pretty damn close. Nah, they just have symmetrical what? faces. They're conventionally yeah, symmetrical attractive. symmetrical to each other. No, I don't see it. Oh, come on. I really don't see it. Okay. Yeah. This is hers a redhead, too. I should have got a blonder one. I mean, I, I guess. I don't think that would have made a difference. Are you sending a blonde one now? Yep. <laughs> well, you know, that photo. See? 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 Because the hair is tied back. See? That photo is a bit, yeah. I can see how you would think that if you if you put these two side by side, for sure. Oh, my God. So, is there well, more? Anyway. Okay. But no, were... no, no. I think I've proven my point. <laughs> Also, Mia Goth is definitely a sex symbol. Oh yeah, I can say that because nobody's listening. <laughs> as we as we established, <laughs> I I had to Wikipedia. So she's 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 uh uh married to Shia LaBeouf. Oh, that's yeah. Ah, yeah. Isn't that unfortunate? They got a kid. Oh, yeah. Isn't that unfortunate? It is. It is. I try not to judge anybody for who their you know their partner oh, is. Like she I'm, was in the Suspiria remake. Yeah. So she did a Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Maybe they took inspiration from from that directly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she's got the Shia LaBeouf thing going on. What's the timeline there? Because wasn't Uh, like he accused of like... It's current. It's current. So let's see. Wait, wasn't he abusive towards um, his his like co-star in in that movie that he made just like a couple years ago? Uh, Met Shia LaBeouf while co-starring in Nymphomaniac in 2012. Oh, that's a long time ago. Uh, got engaged or appeared to get married October 2016, uh, officiated by an Elvis impersonator in Vegas. Uh, two days later, official claimed that the pair were not legally married. Uh, later that month, LaBeouf confirmed their nuptials on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> in September 2018, it was announced the couple had separated and filed for divorce. Oh, okay. Uh in February 2022, it was reported that Goth was pregnant with their first child. March so 2022, Goth gave birth to their first child. Oh, so they're separated. She got pregnant with this kid this year. But they're separated? <laughs> uh, apparently not enough. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't really care either what their situation is. But And when did he beat up that girl? Let's see. Legal issues. I yeah. want to say 2018, 2019. Uh, 2020, sued by his ex-girlfriend... Uh, FKA Twigs, uh, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. For sexual assault, battery, and emotional distress. Uh, Yeah, so he did that while they were making his movie about his abusive father. That's fun. Isn't that? Yeah. I mean, obviously any context is awful, but like... I could have sworn he did it a few years earlier. Oh, maybe. It might have been. Well, I guess that's when she sued. Okay. By the way, that was, I guess, in the gap when he was not married to Mia Goth. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, apparently he has PTSD. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess from the aforementioned abusive father. Sure. That's all fun. Mm-hmm. That he fun. played in the movie. Oh, oh, that's... <laughs> I should keep adding on to this. Okay. <laughs> I so don't recommend in the, it. In the movie, yeah. did he beat a child version of himself? Uh, He was definitely cruel towards the child version of himself. I don't know if oh, yeah. he actually like physically beat him up on camera. He might have. Huh. But yeah, essentially, that's what the movie was. Was He okay. was playing his father and there was a child version of himself. And it was a shitty, uh, shitty uh, uh, relationship. Huh. You know, he was in the movie Holes. I do know that. <laughs> and a... And a uh, a movie about like the him looking out a window the entire time that I feel like was called Suspiria, but I, I'm I'm obviously not correct about that. He was just looking out the window the whole time. Yeah, what is that? What was that movie called? I'm gonna look it up because I feel like it, it's similar to Suspiria in name, but certainly not in content. No, certainly not in in that. Yeah, this is just what I want to be doing is looking up Shia LaVos uh, IMDb. <laughs> Um, oh, this isn't even in like the top top uh, movies here. Sure, I mean you got the Transformers, you got Holes, you got Nymphomaniac. Yeah, you got. Uh, now I have to like hold on. I guess that I guess that's it. <laughs> let me let me do a control Transformers Shift and get back to the Shia LaBeouf Wikipedia page. And uh, Disturbia. Disturbia. There we go. All right. That was the movie where he was being a pervert out the window. Was it? Was he the pervert or was he spying on like a pervert? According to this po- poster, he's got binoculars. So I think he's like witnessing a, a neighbor like uh, like commit. It says par- it says partially inspired by rear window. You don't you don't say. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> you don't <laughs> from, say. From Hitchcock to Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> oh, boy. What spying a- on his neighbors, believing one of them is a possible serial killer. That's right. That's right. I watched that when I was like, I don't know, 10. A teenager who is placed on house arrest for assaulting his high school teacher. Yes. Has the ankle uh, monitor and everything. What year was that? Uh, 2007. Oh, so I was like 13. It's all fun. It's all fun. Carrie Ann Moss in this? I couldn't tell you. I didn't know who that was back then. (laughs) Sure. How did it, how was it received? Oh, I'm probably not good. 69% Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, nice. Kids' Choice Awards. Favorite movie sticks. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Wait, are you making that up? I am not. I am not. Jesus Christ. MTV Awards. Best Kiss. Um. Oh, yeah, right. He's got the... He's He does do a little snooping on the uh, the, the girl next door, so to speak. Sure. Teen Choice Awards. Movie thriller. Teen Choice Awards actor, Teen Choice Awards breakout male. That's a I, I remember. I remember I had a portable DVD player. Mm-hmm. It was like a DVD player with a screen, and so yeah. I got this. I was. Like, I hate that we have to explain that. Uh, yeah, that yeah. makes us. That makes us really old. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so I got the uh, the the DVD of uh, uh, not Suspiria from the the library. Sure. Yeah. I also used to rip CDs from the library onto my uh, PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my PlayStation um, for some reason. I think because I was at my grandparents and I brought my I had my PlayStation with me and they had a very mm. vast uh, CD collection at that library. I got a lot of the uh, saves the day. <laughs> ah, ah, yeah. We're just hitting. <laughs> we're, we're hitting them all, aren't we? <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of fun people. We're hitting them all. Yeah, I think it's time to end the show. It probably is. It probably is. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you've made it through the gauntlet that we've laid before you, the, the perilous, <laughs> the perilous set of traps that we have laid before you. Uh, really do appreciate it. Um, if you I was going to bring up the Matt Gates thing. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, he like he like body shamed this teenager. Um, oh, that's fun. That's what you want to do. But this teenager turned it around on him by going viral and raising like a million dollars over the past couple days for abortion funds. Oh. So I thought that was really uh, really fun. Nice. Um, had a great result there. Yeah. Yeah, I've been following that on on Twitter. Sure. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Dead and Road. Check out the Facebook at facebookcom TV, Twitch.tv TV. We'll be doing another live show in August. Uh, date TBD. Gotta figure out which Friday that's gonna be. Mm-hmm. Maybe do a YouTube search for Dinner TV where you can check out the VOD of last live show. It's finally up there and free of all copyright. Uh, except for the Northman, but I left that one. I left that one up. Uh, you could email us uh, and you get all your thoughts on Shia LaBeouf's many. His filmography. Many, many adventures. His Video standing in, in Hollywood. Video at Denver.co. Uh, yeah, that's good to do it for us. We have, we have been here too long. We will see you next week.